You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. As an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 242 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday, bloody Sunday. NFL Sunday. Here we go, week one. I'm already 0-1 of my football pool, so we're off to a good start. Yeah. Kind of thought the defended champs would uh, come out a little stronger. You know, and then I'm thinking, ah, oh, Buffalo, everybody, you know. And it's just, I only put one point on it, though, so I'm okay. But, yeah, is it, I, I think it's probably a precursor of things to come. Yeah, I think a lot of times I probably couldn't pick the winner of a one-horse race. But, uh, no, every year we do the, uh, the, uh, the annual NFL office pool. And, uh, yeah... But, uh, hey, why not, right? Gotta go. Yeah, why not? It adds to the excitement of the season. So, looking forward to it. Of course, college football today. And, uh, yes, here we go. But this is the Hockey Podcast Network. So, I'm sure everybody's just about, re- just really excited to hear about my football picks. So, anyway. Um, well, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. What are we going to talk about today, boys and girls? Well, I got a few things here. Here it's Saturday night, 
had a good meal tonight. Kind of watched watched the Jays kind of kicking the shit out of the Rangers, hanging out with the wife, had a few beers, and I'm like, well, I guess I got to go downstairs and and record this uh, this mud show. And um, but I will, but I had I had my list written out throughout the. I always say I have a I have a sticky note in the truck at work. And as shit comes to me during the week, I write stuff down. And, uh, not gonna lie, folks, a little fucking irritated today. So, I was, I was mellow during the Jays games. Had some stuffed peppers, had some nachos, like I had, like I said, had a couple beers. I was feeling pretty good. Then I came back, to, I came downstairs, grabbed my notes, I sat down. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just like, you know, I get the notes out, here we go. I'm reading them. And as I'm reading them, I, I get mad all over again. Then I go and read some of the comments, you know, just to get me in that headspace to get more to get more annoyed. And here we are. And then I'm like, now it's time to hit record. Um, yeah. Uh, where to start for? Well, you know, I, I get. We'll start here. We'll get this out of the way. Um, As I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Of course, for my off-network friends, of course, I got Alec over there at the Five for Fighting Podcast. He's moved in, folks. They bought the house. They're moved in. They're unpacked. They're uh, they're primed. They're painted. They're they're ready to go. So yeah, he's already got his Taiwanese massage parlor neon podcast sign in the background. You know, uh, puddles the dog. His he's outside now, so we're all good. And uh, oh, he's ready to rock and roll. Even put out an episode. Managed to sit down long enough to put to churn out. You know, uh, the alphabet soup that he calls episode. I don't know, whatever seventy six or whatever episode he's on. Whatever episode it's on, it's one too many. I can tell you that. But he doesn't. He do, he done. Oh, this, we're off to a good one here. He did an East Coast League, uh, sort of like a preview show, and uh, about the tough guys that have signed or have, some have yet to sign, but some of the teams are loaded up. And um, you know, I, I always I give Alex shit all the time, and I, I, you know, I hope he doesn't hear this. I, you know, I actually don't mind listening to his show. I don't listen to podcast. I don't listen to. I shouldn't say I don't listen to podcasts. I do. But I don't listen to hockey podcasts because it's like I talk about it all the time. Why the fuck do I want to listen about it, right? So, um, but I will listen to his. I do listen to Alex's show and Lazito's show when he when it was on or when now that it's going to come back or maybe it won't come back. I don't know. Old fucking Farvra Lazito there. Um, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the Nords one day and then, oh, maybe the Islanders. And I don't know. Who knows? Who we're going to talk about next, the Toledo Mudhens, I don't, you know, whatever. You know, fuck. Whatever show he's coming out with, I'll, you know, I'll begrudgingly tune into it. But uh, other than that, no, I don't listen to any hockey podcasts. Sorry to the other podcast network shows out there. I, When it comes to NHL, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit who the... Who, what, what your team, who your team signed. I don't care. I don't know who they signed. I probably don't know them anyway, so I don't care. So, good, you know, good luck with your show. Much like you're not listening to this. And that's fine. So, whatever. Uh, other than that, I basically listen to, like, Cornette's podcast. Um, a couple Las Vegas podcasts. Or, like, a gambling. Uh, 
gambling with an edge. Um, hasn't fucking worked yet. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what podcast do I listen to? That's about it. Like, I don't listen to Rogan. I don't listen to Spit and Chiglets. I don't, I, I just, I, Chiglets, I'm more of, I'm more of a YouTube guy and I will watch clips of that. Speaking of, well, I'll get into that in a sec. Um, other than that, eh, I don't, I don't know. That's about it. That's, that's the, that's the extent of my podcasting. If someone recommends something, I will listen to it. Um, yeah, other than that, no. Nothing personal, but, especially with the hockey one. I, it's just, I don't know, like I said, I guess I talk about it for a couple hours every week. It's just, I don't, I don't feel like listening to it anymore. So, unless it's a very interesting guest, then I will. But, uh, oh, and the project, old Harrison Harper. I listen to his show because he's not even, I mean, he's an ex-hockey player, but he doesn't really even talk about hockey. He'll briefly talk about it, but he just, he just more amuses me than anything else. So, uh, I'll listen to his show, um, just cause he's different. So, um, but yeah. Other than that, I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody that has a show out there and they're like, what do you mean? You don't listen to mine? I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a huge, massive podcast guy. I'm not really. So on any length or on any platform, or I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say, but yeah, so it's nothing personal. So anyway, what am I talking about here? Oh, Alex show. Yeah. So, um, he does have a great back catalog, uh, by Lois, Rob Ray, uh, on and on. Check it out. Also, when you're on YouTube, go to the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. Um, he's uploaded all the East Coast League fight. I, sh- I keep saying all of them. It's probably not all of them, but a good majority of the East Coast League fights from last year. I'm assuming he's probably going to do it again this year. Um, and I'll tell you folks, um, and like I said, hey, anybody that's listened to this show for any length of time or just listened to me for the last two minutes, I'm a bitter motherfucker. I don't... Uh, I don't watch hockey anymore. I don't give a shit about hockey anymore. But having said that, I gotta say this year is sort of it's intriguing me this season. And I'll get into that more of why it is. But the East Coast League um, last year, like I said, Alex enthusiasm for it. He was like, "Oh, you gotta watch this guy. You gotta see this guy." And you know, I was watching his channel and shit. Goddamn, there's some. You know, hey, I you know. You can be bitter and yell at them and howl at the moon all you want, but you gotta pull your head out of your ass now and again. And the kids were banging last year, and I can't say they weren't, because they were. You know, between Howe and Newber, Blatchman, Collins, Glotz, pretty solid, or the body, look good, you know, Cole Fraser, like, yeah, there was some, there was some really strong tilts, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, so I can't just sit here and, 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 you know, I mean, yeah, we all wax poetic about the old days and stuff, and that's cool, and trying to keep the old guys' names alive, but, you know, and, uh, but these young kids, there's, there's, I mean, not in the NHL, but I mean, um, yeah, down the minors, they're keeping it going, guys, I'm telling you, um, and I would say Alex Channel is the place, um, now, you know, am I tuning in to, 
watch a fucking East Coast League game on TV or I'm going to order one on the internet. No, I'm never going to do that. I'm just, I'm going to watch the fights, but I will go to Alex's channel as he up, uploads them and uh, I will wholeheartedly support that channel, which I hope you do. Go to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and because uh, we're trying to also get to Alec to a thousand subscribers, you know that way you can monetize your shit and stuff. So he's almost there. I think he's at eight something. So let's keep it going. Uh, but yeah, guys, I would highly recommend as the season goes on to um, yeah, definitely check out his channel. East Coast League is going to be pretty uh, pretty bumping this year, I'm thinking, and uh, I would tune in. And while you're there. Check out the five, five, well, check out five for fighting, but check out the fourth line voice, uh, YouTube channel as well. I have over 2,500 videos. Um, I know the channel's been a little dormant lately. Um, I'm pissed off at YouTube. They pulled my monetization. Um, I'm going to have Isha look into that and he is going to try to right some wrongs for me here and, and fix my channel and get me monetized again. Um, I had mentioned the last couple episodes that I do want to get back into YouTube and try to create some videos. Um, just get away from just fight clips. I mean, I'll put fight clips up too, but kind of do different pieces, like maybe a little, a, I don't know, whatever, a myth or reality video or a sound bite from one of my interviews, but match it up with the fight while the guy's talking about it. Shit like that. Um, you know, I'm not talking fucking full length motion pictures or anything, but I mean, five, ten, I may do some drunk hockey card pit, uh, videos. I've been meaning to do that where I'll just show like five or six cards and, maybe share a little antidote about the guy in the card or something. Um, just shit like that to try to create traffic to the YouTube channel and stuff like that. So, I mean, so keep an eye out for that, but hit subscribe. And in the meantime, like I said, there's 2,500 videos, so you won't get bored. Just type in whoever you're looking for and something will come up. But, uh, yeah. All right. That's it for the, for the plugs here. What are we going to talk about today, folks? Um, here, hold on. Let me... All right. Um, well, we got some pluses and minuses today. Today, um, talk about some signings. Um, how LNH fans are still fucking irritating all these years later. Um, we'll talk about the Bob Probert Invitational, how the voting's going. Um, talk about some of the results. Um, again, some of the whining and crying that's been happening. Um, got some kind of a UFC thing I want to talk about for a sec, but then, uh, not so much UFC, but just combat sports in general. But, uh, and then, um, I'm actually going to steal a bit from Sp Spit and Chiglets. I know it's probably bad form to steal audio from another podcast. Um, I, again, I'm not claiming that this is mine or I'm going to hush it up and whatever. Um, on YouTube, I, I, I came across, uh, it's a funny story when the, when, uh, Whitney and Biz were at jo uh, Joffrey Lupel's place in Florida or wherever the fuck he is on the Anaheim or on the beach somewhere. They interviewed him for the show. And then when it was done, they kind of did like, oh, extras with Joffrey Lupel. And he tells a funny story about Lee Jacobson, uh, former, bouncer turned uh enforcer hockey enforcer um and it's like a little two minute story that he shares so um i'm gonna play that again it's from spit and chiglets so don't i'm not claiming it as my own so hopefully hopefully spit and chiglets doesn't sue me but uh i'm just gonna i found the story amusing so i'll, I'll play it for you guys in case you missed it um because like i said it was it wasn't on the original interview 
And well, and I'm and I'm willing to bet that everybody listening to this podcast right now did not listen to a Joffrey Lupul spit and chiglets interview because it's a few years old anyway. But yeah, I'd be willing to bet you didn't. And I don't think this is probably part of their interview. I think it was part of the YouTube channel afterwards. So anyway, I will play you that sound bite. And I'm bringing it back, folks. It's been a couple episodes since I've done it. Tam, I got a list. I got a list, folks. And this is kind of an interesting one that was sent to me. Um, or I think it's going to be interesting. Well, it's interesting for the fact that it is the five toughest Atlanta thrashers. You remember them? <laughs> yeah, the, the old Winnipeg Jets. Sorry, something like that. Um, yeah, so it was sent to me. I, again, as with all the lists, guys send me, I have a couple dudes that always send me links to stuff. Well, they haven't sent me too much lately because there's only so many lists you can do. And I mean, I think we've kind of done them all. Uh, but they did send me this one. Uh, Michael, thank you. I appreciate it as always. Um, and I just copy the link and, and leave it. And like I said, I discover it with you guys. So when I click on the link and we start going through it, that's the first time I'm seeing it too. So, cause then I think with the re- a genuine reaction, I think is makes for better listening. So that way, again, I always say, I kind of hope the list are the shits cause then it's just funnier. So, but we'll get into that at the end, the Atlanta thrashers. So here we go. All right. Um, what did I say? Well, at the top of the show, um, yeah, some enforcer signings, guys. And uh, it, it, shit's getting heated up. It's getting pretty interesting. Um, in the old Federal Hockey League, or I guess it's the FPHL now, the Federal Prospect Hockey League. Um, yes, the why well, I think Danbury's trying to relive the Trasher days as they have signed uh, two more. Of course, I had Cole, jo- or, uh, Cole Johnson on the show. I, I sorry, I, I didn't mean to sound it like that. I'm I'm getting mixed up with Cole Fraser that uh, Alec just had on his show. I'm a lot, a lot of a lot of Coles running around. No, Cole Johnson, who was on my show a couple uh, episodes ago, uh, for of course he was in Ice Wars too, the Viking from Saskatoon with the big beard. Um, he had signed a contract with the Danbury team in the Federal League. Well, the Danbury team signed two more guys: the champ from Ice Wars, Daniel Amesbury. They've signed him, and they've also signed Justice Smoke. So uh, Danbury loading up. There's uh, they got three cats down there ready to uh, are, are going to be set to rock and roll. So uh, that's going to be interesting. And uh, like I always say, with, I was telling Justice, I sent him a thing. You know, congratulations, good luck to you, kid, and everything else. And it's been, and I said it, it's been really fun watching his progress. Um, Cole Johnson's as well, and Amesbury. I mean. Now, I know Daniel played pro, obviously. I mean, I've had him on my show and we've talked. And, you know, he had, you know, he played a few seasons of pro and everything. So that's, it's not new to him in that sense. But, you know, and of course he had, you know, the off ice issues and stuff and whatever. We talked about it. And, uh, you know, which, uh, you know, but he's been, he's cleared that up and, you know, came to Ice Wars and he's, you know, won the tournament. And then he, uh, beat Swanson there in the last one in the main event. And, you know, he's kind of got the belt, so to speak. And, and now he's going to go back and, and, uh, uh, recharge and, and go back to uh, a pro career again. So it's been really cool watching that. And then, um, you know, to see his return um, and as well as Justice Smoke, you know, a young kid, um, you know, just played local junior and senior hockey out in Manitoba, you know, gets a shot at Ice Wars 
has uh does great in the first you know wins his first bout that ice wars the original show and then ice wars two you know it goes in loses 40 pounds that's how committed he was loses 40 pounds so he can get into the cruiserweight tournament uh proceeds to have a, a nine second knockout in the first fight and then has a great fight with eventual champ justin schmidt and um yeah so it's been really fun to see his progress and of course i talked to him at the first ice wars and i had him on as a I, I told him, I said, good luck to you. And I could always say it. I, I had the champ on first. Anyway, I said, yeah, after you make it big, <laughs> you know, um, no, it's, uh, you know, and, and, and it's been fun to see the, the, the progression and, uh, and, and ice wars paying off for these guys. And I, you know, and I, ta- I talked to Malcolm Humor through text yesterday. Of course, I had him on the show a couple episodes ago. Again, had a, uh, he, he was an ice wars too as well in the tournament. Um, and, and he played with the Dryden Ice Dogs in the in the uh, in the Junior A League. Um, he is talking to some federal league teams, and it lo- sounds like he's about to sign as well. Um, so Ice Wars creating uh, creating guys here, so it's cool, and um, I'm happy for those guys. Um, the federal league is going to be interesting, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how those guys do. And uh, the one thing about the federal league, though, and I was told. Um, all their games are actually on YouTube, free and on YouTube. So um, I might, uh, I, well, I'm not might, I will be. I'll be sitting down here in the dark with my with my drinks and my my bag of chips, and I'll be, I guess, I'll be watching some uh, s- some YouTube, um, you know, some some Danbury uh, hat tricks games, and uh, you know, and I think that'll be a lot of fun. Justin Schmidt's back in Columbus. Um, you know, and there's already some cats down there. I'm not familiar with the Federal League in terms of all the guys, but I'm, I'm going to familiarize myself with it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it, it it's going to be interesting. And uh, and then, of course, another big signing in the East Coast Hockey League was uh, Cade McNally. Um, signed with the Savannah Ghost Pirates. Of course, they're the, uh, far, they're the East Coast League team of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, so I'm really happy for Cade. Again, I had him on a few episodes ago. Um, he played with the Seattle Thunderbirds in the Western League for four years. Then uh, he had a free agent tryout with the LA Kings. Played a few preseason games with them last year. Um, then as a 20-year-old, got traded to the Vancouver Giants. Um, you know, had some had some issues off ice, but uh, got those straightened out. Uh, ended up playing 20 games with the Vernon Vipers of the BC League last year. Um, you know, had, had a few tilts, um, you know, but he got his, uh, you know, he, he, uh, got everything straightened up and, uh, teams were just sort of waiting for that to happen and it did. And he is signed with, uh, Las Vegas and, uh, I don't know what it'd be a three-way deal or three. I, I'm not sure. I'm assuming he signed with Vegas and then they would told him he's going to the East, East Coast League. I don't know. Maybe it was just an East Coast League contract. I'm not quite sure. I, I didn't get into that specific with him when he sent me his text telling me he had signed. So, but I'm assuming it's with the Knights and they're sending him to the East Coast League. Um, but yeah, hey, big kid, 21, 21 years old, you know, 6'3, 210, 215, uh, tough kid, can throw down all, go check out his fights on the, on, um, on, on YouTube. I mean, they're, they're all there. Um, yeah, really looking forward to see how he's going to do in his first pro year. And like I said, going into that East Coast League uh, and in his division, I mean, it's, you know, Nuber, Howe, uh, the Thrower brothers are there. 
Um, you know, so it is, and you know, you, and you throw Cade in, a young kid trying to make a name. Um, I think it's going to be a real, it's going to be a really exciting East Coast League hockey season this year. And one that I'm actually really looking forward to seeing how the guys are doing. Like I said, Alex's enthusiasm for it really kind of hooked me. And, uh, and you know, now with Cade kind of having that personal connection, like I said, I hung out with him a couple times at Ice Wars. Um, got, you know, got to know him a little bit, talked to him on the phone actually quite a bit lately. And, um, you know, and I know he had, you know, there was some battles there, um, you know, with, with some of the issues. Um, and, uh, but like I said, those are cleared up now. So it's, yeah, I think he can fully focus on hockey now and put that shit behind him. I mean, it was not, you know, we're not talking like he was going to go to the fucking state pen for 10 years or anything like that. So don't worry about it. It wasn't that egregious, but it was some shit that he had to straighten out and he straightened out. So, uh, you know, and, uh, we touched on it briefly on my, on my show and, uh, go back and check out the interview. Like I said, good guest, but the kid's hungry, willing, likes to fight, wants to fight. Um, you know, obviously in, in this day and age and in 2022 hockey, I mean, it's not, you know, we're not, it's not 1987 anymore, you know, so, you know, I, I'm not saying he's going to rack up 30 tilts in the East Coast League this year, but, uh, you know, you can guarantee he's going to get a bunch and, uh, he's certainly going to have willing, uh, combatants. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he can do and, and, and just the league in general. And, um, you know, and I haven't been, um, like it's been a decade. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's been a decade since I've been any even paying attention to what's going on uh in terms of hockey. Um now again, when it comes to the NHL, I don't give a shit about the NHL. I don't. I don't give a who I don't care. I can already tell you now I'm not going to watch any NHL games unless I'm at someone's house and it's on TV. Um, and even then I will be turned sideways, probably conversing with them more than watching the game. So I, I don't give a shit about the NHL. Um, if people want to get excited because fucking somebody's up from the minors with two fights, then yippee. I mean, you know, you have teams averaging five fights a year. I mean, that doesn't, you know, whatever. That's, that doesn't sound all that appealing to me, but you know, whatever. If, if you want to watch it, go right ahead. I don't, you know, but that's not my thing. And, um, you know, uh, whatever. I'm just, I'm excited for, for the federal league, um, just to see how justice and, and, and Amesbury and Cole Johnson and humor and those guys will do. Um, I'm happy for those guys. Like I said, I want to see how they do. Um, East coast league again, um, pretty stacked up league. Um, despite the stupid 10 fight rule, um, I, I, especially at the start of the year where I think, you know, guys are trying to establish themselves and, you know, and all that send messages. I think the, the early part of the East Coast League year should be really happening in terms of tilts. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, and then finally, the, uh, the other signing of the week, uh, Curtis Swanson is back. The Cowboy is back in the LNAH. And, um, he had signed with the, with the new team. Um, I'm not even, I'm not even going to mount calm or something. I'm not even going to pre- pretend to know how to pronounce it. They're the new team in the LNAH. So, um, he has signed with them. Um, I'm, I'm very happy for him. I don't think it'll, it, it'll be on a full time. Like, I don't think he's playing every game. Uh, well, I know he's not playing every game because he, he does have a business to run in Grand Prairie, Alberta. But I know he is going to make every effort to play a lot of them, I believe. And, um, 
yeah, so between that, uh, you know, and he's training for Ice Wars 3, and uh, he has lost a bunch of weight, and he's boxing, and uh, and he just thought, we, we laughed about it, we talked about it when I've had him on the show here recently, he's in better shape now probably than when he was playing in Laval back in 2005, so, uh, you know, he might be, you know, he's 38 now, he's obviously, um, you know, we're, we're going on, um, you know, 15 years since he had, you know, skated on LNAH ice, but I think, uh, you know, he, he was very young when he was in the league, I think people forget he was in the league, he started at 19, at 20 actually, 19, 20 years old, he was in the league, and, um, you know, so, uh, you know, it wasn't like a lot of guys going into their late twenties, early thirties coming showing up in the league. He was there at twenty. So um, you know, and he's only thirty eight now. So and I and he's in, he's taking it serious, he's in great shape. Um and I think uh he is gonna do really well in the Quebec League this year. And um and yeah, and I so I'm really looking forward to that as well. It's the LNH with with uh, Swanee back. Um, Donnie Augustine signed back again. I'm going to have him on, uh, hopefully next week. I'm going to get him on the show. He's coming back to the Quebec League. And, uh, JF LaFrance signed. Uh, again, another Ice Wars guy. He's re-signed. Um, I know Derek Parker wants to come back. I know job-wise, I'm not sure, um, you know, cause he worked, he's a conductor for CN Rail. Um, he was, they were, there was a, uh, uh, operator shortage in Quebec last year and he volunteered and he's out of Saskatchewan. So he, he volunteered to go down to Quebec and, and work during the shortage of, of guys there. So that enabled him to also play in Laval last year. I don't know if that will be available again this year. Um, so I don't know if Parker will be back. Um, he said on social media he wants to be, but again, with work commitments and that type of thing, I'm not quite sure. But, um, but there's still time, so we'll see. Um, yeah, so as, as the as the seasons kind of get, you know, as the you know the end of as September goes on here, and you know by the end, you know camps are starting and 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 guys are getting going. So I think over the next you know the next two weeks here, we could see a few more guys signing, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. But yeah, I gotta say, as, as far as a hockey season goes, I haven't been excited about a hockey season. Um, for a while. And, uh, and, and actually, and it's funny, it all, well, there's two things, like I said, that triggered it. One was the East, oh, the East Coast League, but Alex's enthusiasm for it and, uh, his channel. Um, cause that was the other thing. No one was putting up East Coast League fights unless the teams put them up on social media, but hockey fights wasn't cause somebody was taking them down or sending you copyright strikes or whatever. So you didn't see East Coast League footage. So yeah, there was probably still some, obviously Howe and Duber and all them guys were, were always fighting there, but no one was really seeing it because no one was doing it except Alec took it upon himself to create the channel. So now all of a sudden we're seeing these Coast League fights again. So, um, so that was cool to see. And, uh, you know, other than that, um, I'm actually really looking forward to the season. Um, more so than I have. And I, like I said, first, I can't remember. Last time I was, I was excited to watch something. Um, so, uh, you know, it's an interesting turn of events. But yeah, no, the two things that I think sparked it were, uh, Alex Channel and Ice Wars. Um, you know, to see these Ice Wars guys getting a shot at pro hockey 
as is cool, especially when you I've, I've had them on the show or met them in Edmonton and talked to them, and and you see how hard the guys trained and how serious they took it, and um, yeah, and I, and I really hope like for Justice and and uh, Cole and and Daniel and and uh, you know Malcolm wherever he signs um, and and Swanee as well. It's just um, I I really hope the best for those guys because um, I know how hard and how serious they took it. And, uh, and, uh, I really, uh, I'm really, I really looking forward to, uh, to, to, you know, taking that journey with them and seeing where it takes them. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun this year. And I hope you guys listening, um, you know, you guys, you guys have listened to their interviews and, and, um, and I, and I hope you guys tune in and, uh, you know, we can watch it together and, and see what happens and kind of cheer these guys on. Cause, uh, you know, Hey, and it's still, I mean, you know, to to find guys that are willing to throw down and do it, it it's hard these days, and uh, and these kids are uh, are wanting to do it and put on a show. So uh, I think that'll be that'll be fun to watch. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, as I say that now, um, like like everything, um, uh, you know, th- there's there's always got to be an asshole and a few assholes. Um, and it's the same old story. Um, I see with Augustine and, and Swanson signing and everything, uh, you know, and I, you know, and on the groups, and it's the same shit. And it's the same. And I just had flashbacks of like 2005 and 2006, and you know, it's always con- with the LNH stuff. It's always constant. These same assholes are always crying, and it's just like you fucking Quebec fans are never happy. You just aren't. And especially in this new LNAH, it, with your stupid fucking import rules, or there are none. You can't. So the only way you can play in the LNAH is if you played in the Quebec Junior League, or you're from Quebec. That's it. Or they'll grandfather you in if you played in the league previously, i.e., Swanson playing in Laval. You know, other than that, you have to be from Quebec, which is ridiculous, but you know what? You're only hurting your own league. But okay, fine, because they want it. They think it's going to be some feeder league for I. I don't know what fucking fantasy land they're living in, but they think that's going to be some feeder league. So okay, whatever. Anyway, a bunch of the David Hamill, all a bunch of the older Quebec League tough guys from back. You know that they're you know they're in their mid thirties now, late thirties. I mean, that's the thing. Who who are you going to get to fight? Like that, that's the thing, you assholes. You sit there in these LNAH groups and you sit and bitch. Well, yeah, cause first of all, your, your goofy Quebec Junior League's got a friggin' three fight rule. So no one fights in junior anymore. So, but this is where you're getting your players from, the graduating Quebec League player, Quebec Junior League players. Oh, awesome. Well, they never fought in junior. Why are they gonna come fight in the Quebec League? Okay, so, and all the older Quebec League guys are, that used to fight, of course, they're getting old and retiring and whatever. Well, all of a sudden your league gets desperate because no one, you're, these guys, people are coming to the LNAH games and no one's fighting anymore. Oh, so they're getting desperate, so now they gotta friggin', yeah, they gotta bring in, no offense to Parker, but they gotta bring in Parker and all these guys that are, you know, in their mid to late 30s because they're the only ones left that'll fight that can come in the league because they're grandfathered in. So you bring these guys in. Fans are still fucking whining. 
Like the one guy, oh, I guess we're going back to a goon league. Oh, well, yeah, because it's you're, the league now is just so successful. You tune into an LNAH game these days. I think everybody came dressed as a fucking chair. You know, drawing eight people in a fucking, somebody that took a wrong turn. You know, I I can remember back when it was, air quote, the goon league, uh, 10,000 people at the Coliseum playing for the Radio X games. Yeah, oh shit, don't want that again. Fucking idiots. Yeah, like here's the one whining about Swan. Oh, I got Swanson back. I, I don't know. That's. What? 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 Are you serious? Did you. I guess you didn't watch any Ice Wars. You look pretty good. I, I just had flashbacks. It's the same bullshit that went on in like 2005. I can remember that. Back then, you know, the message boards were going and everything and the Quebec League and all these guys were taught. And I, and you, you assholes in Laval still whined. I can remember Laval fans, these diehard, these supposed knowledgeable diehard fans. Laval, the Laval Chiefs, I looked it up in, uh, in 56 games plus four pre, so 60 games, 56 regular four preseason. Uh, they had 259 fights to lead the league. That's an average of four fights a game. And these assholes in Laval were still crying. They don't fight enough. Not enough combat. Swanson had 74 fights that year and they were trying to trade him. Like you you fucking idiots have never gotten it. You still don't get it. And I and it's funny because I know the inside story. I knew the I know a bunch of the players all the time back then. And it was funny. I'd hear the stories right from the horse's mouth about, oh, this guy's ducking this guy and this guy's faking injury because he doesn't want to have to fight tonight because he doesn't want to have to fight Morassi or Bosse or whoever. He doesn't want to go to Verdun, you know, and all this shit. But and then all of a sudden you go on the message boards and all these knowledgeable Laval Chief fans or whoever. All It was funny how the, the, the fucking crybabies they all liked because they were all these savage warriors. And then a guy like Swanson... Who never bitched, never complained, went out and fought twice every game, even when he was feeling sick, puking on the bench, still going out and fighting twice. Here are these assholes sitting in the crowd booing. Oh, he's not exciting enough. Meanwhile, he's, meanwhile, he sacrificed 74 fights, and you got some jerk off in Laval sitting in the crowd. He doesn't fight enough. He's not exciting. They should trade him. We need to trade him. Oh, for who? Who? You know. You know. Oh, you got to get the get a couple of the French guys in there. Oh yeah, the, the couple of them that same ones that you know talk shit on radio shows all week how they were gonna fight uh, Parker. Then when the game came, oh, I pulled a hammy, coach. I can't go. Yeah. I won't name names. But yeah, I, I, oh, he was a little darling in Quebec that all the French people liked, you know. But meanwhile, the guy tried, guy pretty well ducked out of every fight, you know. And then you got guys that were there every day, like uh, Swanson and Delorme and these guys. And oh, they're, I'm not exciting combat enough, you fucking assholes. Like just, uh. and here we are. Fast forward seventeen years later, and I got some goof on the message board crying that they signed Swanson. Oh yeah. So instead of who, like again, who who do you think's coming? 
Oh, well, I thought we were going to be a, you know, a prospect league. Oh, yeah, because that's what everybody, everybody wants to come to the game. Everybody wants to go to an LNAH game and watch a fourth line. Yeah, full of guys that'll score three, three goals and, and fight twice. Yeah, that, that, that's real excitement. That'll really pack them in, boy. Standing room only. Now, am I saying we, you should go back to the, uh, the Quebec League of 2004? I mean, personally, I'd love that, but that it's never going to happen. So, I mean, you may as well never mind that daydream. But holy shit, what's wrong with a couple tilts? I always laugh about all these people. Oh, they fight and do all this. They still got to play 60 minutes of hockey. Don't worry, you'll get your hockey game. You know, the clock's not running while the fights are going. So don't worry about it. You know, I'll put up with a 30-second fight or whatever. And, uh, okay, I guess that's the end of the world. You know, a couple of those. So, meanwhile, you got a few fans. The fans are happy with a couple tilts. And then you still got 60 minutes of gameplay. Shut up. It'll be okay. Go get a Molson Export and some poutine. Well, the fight's on then if it bothers you so much. God. But it's the same shit with these assholes. It has been for 20 years. Never happy. Always crying about something. Just give me a fucking break. That's what I always said about the LNAH. You know, you guys, it was a great recipe, but the, the delusion was so strong. I don't know. I'm sure if Swanson was born in Montreal, he'd be a lot pop, more, a lot more popular, though. Like what? Really? Like what? 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 Why? You know, everybody associated with the league and all the players. Talk to any player about those guys. He had respect with all the guys. But, uh, now again, and I'm not paintbrushing the, the entire fan base of the LNH and everybody in Quebec and all the French people. I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying there's a certain vocal idiocy on social media. And back in the day, it used to be on the message boards, on the hockeyfight.com message boards when they had the LNH section. And a couple, was it Paragoons or whatever that message board was? And a bunch of the French message boards. And we eventually found, and somebody created an English LNH site because, you know, they wouldn't talk to us. So, and there was always guys whining on there. And I just, and I, and I, I'm sitting in Saskatchewan thinking, how the hell can you guys bitch? These teams average three and four fights a game. You have friggin' killers in that league. And these guys are whining. It's, it was a mind blowing to me. Unreal. But I, but it was, it would strike me funny. All the guys, these same people that would whine about that we should get this guy, this guy, this guy. It's like, yeah, behind the scenes, these are the same guys that will, will do anything to get out of fighting twice a night. It just could have struck me funny. If they only knew. But whatever. That's my bitch. But I just laughed. 17 years later, we're doing it all over again. Anyway. Lately, with work being as busy as it's been, I've spent a lot of time catching up on my podcast. My Jim Cornette, my Five for Fighting podcast, and it's been great. You know why? One of the reasons why it's been great because I've been using my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for that perfect in-ear fit. 
These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you an 8 hours of playtime as well as a 32 hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five star reviews. Noise isolation, awareness mode. You know, I, I wear them at work when I'm kind of getting in and out of the truck. Also, when I'm in the shop, they're perfect. So go to Raycon.com slash THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 50% off. Speaking of bitching and whining, oh, the Bob Probert Invitational. The 6th Annual Bob Probert Invitational. The, of course, the Twitter tournament. Uh, that's going on right now. Please vote. We're down into the Elite Eight. Um, the final eight are uh, McSorley's fighting Gribson, Clark versus Brown, Bugard versus Twist, and LaRock versus Koser. Those are some quality matchups right there. So make sure to get out and vote. Um, I talked about it briefly last episode. Um, I think we were in the second round at that point. We had Kimball and Cordick, and Cordick won. McSorley and Langdon, McSorley. Simon and Nystrom with Simon, Ray Grimson, Orrin Schultz, O'Reilly Clark, Nyland Laws, Shelley Brown, um, Semenko Bugard, Hunter Domi, Parker Fakoda, McCray Twist, LaRock Gillies, Belak Berube, Goddard Bomber, and Coaster and Ben Wilson. Oh, Ben Wilson lost to Coaster, so, uh, I had to talk Steve off the ledge. You know, hopefully he's, uh, he's wearing black today, folks, but, uh, uh, no, it's been, it's been, um, it's been a fun tournament. Um, I will say voting has been really light this year uh, compared to years gone by. Um, you know, you know, kind of mid two hundreds, a um, couple three hundred vote days. But overall, I thought I actually thought the voting would pick up. I don't know if it's if I'm putting the fights too late in the night. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, um, I'm used to having you know there was four or five hundred vote years on fights, so it's really the numbers are down to about half. Um, you'd have a couple slow days, but overall, so I, I don't know if it's just Twitter in general has fizzled out or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that, that's been kind of disheartening. Um, I, you know, there's been some interaction with the fights, um, kind of, like I said, the kind of the same 10 guys and, and I, and I love you guys for doing it and for commenting and, and everything and, and creating conversation. I, I dig it. Um, that's been fun with those guys and thank you for that. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty quiet tournament this year. Um, you know, which is kind of disappointing, but you know, that's the way it is. Again, it's not deterring me from, from doing the tournament or anything, but, um, like I said, it probably would have gained more traction on Facebook, I think. Um, I think, um, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, the results, um, I've always said with this tournament, at the end of the day, I mean, it is, you know, it it is what it is. I mean, it, it, it's a fan, it's a popularity contest. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, some of the, uh, some of the results are probably, you know, if you broke it down and really sat down with like either ex-players or like really knowledgeable fight fans, um, yeah, they would have went the other way probably. But I mean, you know, whatever. Oh, well. Um, again, I, now are some of the results as, as egregious as some of the people on, on, uh, Facebook that have been crying about them have been? No, 
I mean, it hasn't been that bad. I mean, you know, we don't have, I mean, it like none of the results, if you thought about it, are completely, no, that wouldn't, just again, despite what the idiots, some of the idiots on Facebook have been saying, that'll never happen, that's just junk. Yeah, okay. You know, like, I, I still can't get over Grimson going this far. Well, he beat McGratton and he beat Ray. Like, is that really, you know... Like, personally, I probably would have voted for McGratton over Grimson. But if somebody, like, can I see Grimson beating him? Yeah, I can. Like, and that's the thing. I've always said with this tournament, whenever I'm doing the tournament, I always was kind of under the assumption that when people voted, um, you would look at both guys and think about them in their prime years and have their prime matchups against each other. That's how I've kind of viewed it. Um so a prime Grimson, you know, that kind of that Carolina Anaheimish Stu Grimson. Can I see him beating Brian McGratton? Yeah, I can. It's like, you know, can I see McGratton winning? Yeah, but I mean, either way, I'm not like, my mind's not blown over it. Like, you know, whatever. I mean, Grimson had a, you know, big reach, long, had power. Um, and everybody, oh, it's Chicago, though, I couldn't stand up. Well, that wasn't his prime, you know, so why why are you bringing that up, you know? Um, and, you know, and then Ray, same thing. I mean, you know, Ray in his prime and Grimson in his prime, it could go either way. But, I mean, it, or we're, like, I, like people say, like, Grimson now in the third round, it, it, like we're talking fucking aliens landing on Earth or something, like, Oh, I, I, I just can't believe, I can't get over it. That's the one guy's saying. Really? Like, like, why are you talking like Stu Grimson's all of a sudden some fucking punching bag or something? Like, what are you talking about? You know, and then, you know, and of course, and then he beats Simon, you know, which again, um, I, you know, a prime Simon, I probably would have went with over Grimson, but. Grimson's got the, like I said, he's got the punching chance. Like he, Grimson has, again, I like, well, just think about it on the surface. This is how ridiculous this is. I am sitting here defending Stu Grimson in a hockey fight tournament. Are we fucking serious? You know, and then other ones like, like Schultz beating Colt Nor. Eh. Well, I wouldn't have had Colt Moore beating Jim McKenzie myself. But could it have happened? Of course it could have happened. I wouldn't have picked it, but of course it could happen. And then I was really actually surprised that people voted the hammer over Colt Moore. That surprised me, actually. Um, I wouldn't have done that. Um, but then, you know, Schultz against Wendell Clark and then Wendell beating him. You know, and okay. And Nyland and Brown. And, well, I wouldn't have had Nyland beating Laws. Yeah, I probably would have had Laws over Nyland as well. Um, the other one that cracked me up with some people is Belak. Oh, the fact they got Belak beating Jonathan. Well, yeah, yeah, two tough natives. Okay, I don't, I don't know what Baruby and why, why did you have to bring up that they were native? I don't know what that has to do with the conversation, but okay. Um, but you couldn't believe that Belak beat Jonathan and then beat Craig Baruby. Um, okay, and like I said to the guy, well, who beat up Belak? I've laughed. This guy has complained about every fucking result that was a seventies fighter. He, it's funny though when I when I talk to him on Facebook, he won't reply to me though. When I ask him these questions, he won't reply. He just 
makes posts bitching about shit, but he won't reply to anything. Like, I, I laugh. And then his other one, he goes, I kind of, I kind of question the Tony Twist beating John Ferguson result. Uh, people, these people have clearly never saw a prime Fergie. Oh, I'm looking at this guy's profile picture and I'm assuming it's him, you know, whatever. He's about the same age as I am. So he's in his late forties, early fifties. Well, okay. How much fucking prime Ferguson footage have you seen? Like I said, are are you sitting on like eight millimeter tapes from the Montreal Canadiens sixties uh, games or something? Like what what Ferguson fight fights have you seen that you could just make the determination that Tony Twist does not stand a chance against the prime John Ferguson? I, it just struck me funny when he put it because how would you know? I mean, there's a few Ferguson fights on on footage that's out on YouTube. I mean, for people to see. Okay. Um, and if you want to take John Ferguson over, to, oh, that's fine. I don't care. But I, it just struck me funny how he worded it. Clearly, these people voting have never seen a prime Ferguson. Well, neither of you, so I don't. I don't know what you're talking. And it's just funny. I'm just reading everything. This guy's there's no anyone playing past the 70s is the shits in this guy's mind. I guess I don't know because every decision, like he couldn't get over that Belak got beat Jonathan. He just couldn't. He couldn't wrap his head around it. Like, okay, and I'm just, and I'm serious to the listeners out there, someone correct me, who beat up Wade Belock? Now, in saying that, I'm not saying Wade Belock won every fight that he was ever in. I'm not saying that. I'm, well, I'm sure he got outpunched. But what fight did Wade, did we, did Belock ever get buckled or just absolutely destroyed, as some people love to say? I don't remember it. If it happened, I don't remember it. But somehow in this tournament, all of a sudden, Jonathan and Berube are going to do that. Oh, okay. You know. Really? Like, who did, like, I love Jonathan and I don't have a problem with Jonathan and Berube, but I'm like, same thing with, oh, Berube would sleep him. What? Who did Berube ever knock out? Like, Berube had machine gun punching and stuff and everything else, but I don't remember Berube being a big power knockout guy. So, it, you, so, Bruby never really knocked anybody out. Belak never got knocked out, but you somehow in your mind, Craig Bruby's just gonna end Wade Belak. Oh, okay. Like, this, you could maybe say I disagree, I would take Bruby over Belak for his speed or whatever, and, uh, alright. But these people have to come up with this fucking exaggerated bullshit. And it's the same old story, and I and I've and I know I'm a broken record, and I'm repeating myself, but it's just like, why do we have to shit on a guy, on one of the guys to prop another guy up? Like why? Like oh, I like oh, Belak wasn't really anything, and Burby and John. Why do you have to shit on Belak? Why can't you just say I disagree? I think Stan Jonathan would beat him. I think with his side or get inside or whatever. Why can't you just say that? Why is it all of a sudden, oh, Jonathan rules and Belak's a piece of shit. Like, why, why do people feel the need that they have to do this? You have to, demo, you have to demean one guy to prop another guy up. I don't understand that. Like, it's just ridiculous. And it's just, and the, the comments on Facebook about this tournament have just, I don't even know why we're doing this tournament. Well, you're, you, who are, who the fuck is we all of a sudden? Like, what are you, French? Like, you got a mouse in your pocket? Who's we? 
I'm the one doing the tournament, not you, shithead. You're not the one who's fucking sat here for hours making graphics for it and Photoshop and shit and doing the results and having notifications filled with your bullshit. And but we, who the fuck is we? Then you know what? Don't pay attention to it. Like I told these guys, like in the comment sections, like even Lazito was kept saying, like Joe said it every year. He goes, I keep saying it. He, he says to me, I don't know how you do it. Uh, you know, I like I said, I must be a fucking rocks in my head. I must be a glutton for punishment, I guess. But I've always said I, I do it for the 95% that enjoy it. And for the ex-players that like commenting and, and the fun talks that we get out of it. That's why I like doing it. And that's why I'm going to keep doing it. I have to keep thinking of that. Because believe me, I'm with Joe. The 5% make it real hard sometimes. And you do start, I do start wondering why, why am I bothering? Why am I staying up until midnight doing graphics and going to work at 5 in the morning? You know, <clears throat> or like eating supper really fast, telling the wife, yeah, yeah, I'll do the dishes later. I got to go. I got to go downstairs and upload this, you know, put the fights out. Meanwhile, I got people sending me messages. Are you putting them up today or what? Like, yeah, no, don't. Yeah, sorry. I had to work and eat, you fucking asshole. But it's coming for your enjoyment. Believe me, it's coming. Yes, sir. Fuck. I'm here to serve you. But just the comment section lately has, has just been just what it's been. I haven't, it hasn't been this bad for a while, but it's just like the amount of fucking whining. It's just been like, it's just shut up. Like I told the one guy, then shut the fuck up. Then why click on it then and read the comment and get all worked up over it? Grown adults getting worked up over a fantasy fight tournament. Who would have thought? But here we are. I don't even know why we're doing this and we're crossing eras and there's no really way to do... Yeah, I know, idiot. I know that. There's no right or wrong answer to any of these. But yet... And so I told him, I said, well, it's amazing that people... How is... Who is doing this and where's the voting and what is this all about? Well, you don't even know what it's about, but yet here you are flapping lips in the comment section for the last three hours. If if you wanted to figure something out or you want to know where the voting was taking place, what would... Here I'm asking. So a fourth line voice posts this on... on, on in the Facebook... In the, in the Enforcer group. Actually, it's the Hockey Fights and Brawls group. There's like 40 comments... 15 of them crying that Ben Wilson or somebody lost or whatever. And then this pinhead is is asking, three times he asked, is this voted on or how is this getting decided? Because whoever, yeah, whoever's doing this has zero fight knowledge. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're the fucking professor here. But he first of all, who would you ask if you want to know what is going on? Wouldn't you ask the guy who made the fucking thread? Who posted this? Oh, the fourth line voice. Maybe I should ask him. How are these results being tabulated? Where can I vote on this? Would that, professor, you're, see, as you like to, you seem to claim to be the smartest guy in the room, you can't even figure out how to vote. Well, I'm not on Twitter. Oh, well, then I guess you're not voting. I told them, well, then why don't you create a profile and get on Twitter, and then you could chastise everybody on there for not voting the way they that a knowledgeable fight fan would. 
does that mean? A knowledgeable fight? What does that mean? It's redundant, but it's just like knowledgeable fight fan. Well, you've watched a bunch of YouTube clips and you might have some VCR tape. I know there's a few guys that like to think because they recorded fights in the early 80s that gives them more fight knowledge than anyone else. You know all that bullshit you taped in the 80s is all on YouTube now, you fucking dunce. So we've all seen it. Oh, I have over 200 hours of fights. Oh, awesome. Hey, shithead, I got 300 hours just of Western Hockey League footage. So settle down, Grandpa. Yeah. Oh, guess what? I hit play and record back in the 80s, too. But, oh, you have massive fight knowledge. Oh, okay. You know, I love these these old-timers that just fight. Who did you ever fight in the NHL? Who did you fight in pro hockey to have all this knowledge? No, all you're doing is giving an opinion, and you're guessing, just like I am. No matter how many hundreds of hours of fights that we have on VHS tapes or beta. I have a couple beta tapes too. I must be really knowledgeable. Fuck. And I just laugh at some of these guys. Because it's like, you know, I I laugh at some of the air quotes, pioneers of the hobby. You don't know shit all about anything that happened outside the NHL though. So don't, a hockey knowledge... No, you know Philadelphia, New York, and Boston. That's what you know. You couldn't find fucking Saskatoon, Regina, or fucking Tri-Cities on a... Or you probably could find Tri-Cities. But you couldn't find Moose Jaw, Swift Current, or Saskatoon on a fucking map, I can tell you that. Though I've been watching some of these guys since they were 16 years old. But no, again, tell me all about it. Yeah, tell me there, Mr. Knowledge. Fuck. Yeah. Because you have 42 VHS tapes collected dust down in the basement. You're Mr. Hockey Fight Professor. Okay. 42 VHS tapes and three copies of the Aggressive Hockey Report. He's the professor. Alright. Oh, God. For anybody that was that's not in the tape trading thing or on the fight message boards back in the day, you'll have no idea what I was just ranting about. But those people on that were used to be old FC members, you'll know exactly who you'll exactly know what and who I am talking about. You, yeah, you obnoxious pricks, get over yourselves. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Outside of that. Um, oh, here, I'll get that, uh, I'll get, holy shit, we're at an hour, I haven't even been looking at the time, I've been ranting and bitching for an hour, alright, oh, so, yeah, anyway, to wrap that up, the Pop Road Invitational, on Twitter, keep voting, it's been lots of fun, <laughs> no, and again, I shouldn't be like that, it, it has been, it has been fun, um, again, I'm, I, I, I get, ranty at about some of the people I get the people are going to complain about the results or I think that you know and that's fine um I've always said I think it's the way they complain that some people complain when you start getting really snarky and you start um getting lippy with the people that voted the other way and then you come you you're this obnoxious arrogant twat that then it irritates me 
you know, like crying and bitching. Like I always say, crying and bitching without a solution is just whining. Um, if you, oh, I can't believe they picked him. But okay, well, why wouldn't you have done that? Then they don't reply. They don't reply. Like, hey, shut the fuck up. Then, like, if you don't like the tournament so much, like I said, just ignore it. Just ignore it, and it'll whatever. It'll be done here in a week. And you won't have to look at it until I put the minor league one up in a couple of weeks. And I get to do this all over again. Because I'm an idiot like that. Anyway. How about enough? Cheers. Here's to you. Well, how about we get into that... Um, as I said, this clip is from an, an extras video from the Spit and Chiglitz channel. And as Joffrey Lupul tells the story of a real life Doug Glatt from Goon is what the title of the uh, of the of the video is. So it's like two, two two minutes and forty seconds. So I think you guys will get a kick out of it anyway. So here you go. So we're sitting here at Lupul's place. We just did an awesome interview on the podcast. But as always happens with a lot of our guests, we got outside. And we were just like, that was fun. And he's like, oh my god, I forgot a story. So what we did is we brought the camera out. We haven't heard it yet, and we'll, we'll hear it now. Got, yeah, you got me thinking when we were talking about the, our Cincinnati team when I was like with O'Brien, Brookbank, Kunitz, all these guys. And that was a year, lockout that was a year. lockout year, and there was, every team had like two absolute meatballs, like just massive guys, couldn't skate a lick. And, and O'Brien, O'Brien had like 400 penalty minutes that year. Like he was like, him and Brookbank were being forced to fight all these guys. And, and they, they were had, good. And, and they were good players for us, and these guys were a lot bigger and more experienced fighters than them. So we we used to always go to this one bar, and the, the doorman, he was a gold gloves boxer, and he was like, chatting one day, and he was like, I, I used to play hockey like when I was a kid, and he was like, if you guys need someone, I'm good to go. Like, to, like he wanted to go? He wanted to play. In the, he, first of all, he wanted to practice, so we go into the coach. Who was the coach then? Brad Shaw. And we're like, we need a guy. Like, O'Brien and Brookbank are going to get killed here eventually. And he's like, all right, tell him to bring his gear and he can practice and he, he came, the guy's name's Lee Jacobson doorman at I forget what the bar was called he comes out and he's practicing and he's bad there's a little rust <laughs> let's just say there, there's a little bit of rust but but he does enough to earn a shot in the game and we play the Philadelphia Phantoms and him and Todd Fedora go three times he has shot three seconds fuck. of ice time he played a game three he played like ten <laughs> but so he never played the doorman got a PTO and then fucking played and fought three times and three then times. we go to the bar and then let the boys in yeah. after that's <laughs> unreal how did he do against Fedor he did alright no he did shit all, his balance was like obviously not as good as those guys he hadn't played hockey in five years but Wait, what's, so what's his name so we can look up his hockey de- our hockey fights Lee Jacobson alright Lee oh, I'm 99% sure about it. hey just you're like saying, you're saying every shift was off a draw, so then gloves drop, so they give oh, you the yeah. one second. He never got on the we ice. Played, I, I, we played Philadelphia one game, and he went Fedora three times, and his face is all beat up. His jersey's like his shoulder pads hanging out. And he went by their bench. He's like, wait, you know, you play back-to-backs. He goes, three more tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what about that? That's beautiful. Well, right go check out this full interview. That's a nice little snippet oh, for our shit. Instagram. And uh, 10 out of 10 interview. Big thank you to Loops for having Thanks us again, at this. Luke. There we go. Uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> three tomorrow. I love it. I love it. Um, I've been looking at Jake, Lee Jacobson up on Facebook. I'm going to get it. I was trying to get up on the show. Um, 
Clarification, he actually played 18 games that year and had 100 minutes of penalties. And uh, he had played in the Central League a couple of years earlier, so he wasn't like... I wouldn't go completely as far to call him Doug Glatt, but... Uh, and he played in the uh, North American League in junior, but, so he did have an idea of how to play hockey. But uh, I just thought that was a great story. He fights for work three times and goes by the bench three more tomorrow. That's pretty sweet, man. Uh, but Lee Jacobson, yeah. So I just saw that clip, but it just kind of cracked me up, so I thought I'd share that with you guys. So, um, All right, uh, this is the part. Tim's fast-forwarded everything. He hasn't listened to anything I've said until now. Um, so we, we got to, you know, uh, list guy Tim. So that's, that's what he's known as around here. As somebody mentioned to me, you know, the ultimate, I think maybe like for episode, what are we on, 242, maybe for like 250, because that's kind of a, you know, a, a good milestone number. Maybe we'll get Tim on to do a list. Tim can give us his like top 10 or something. Maybe we can do that. Maybe we'll get list guy Tim on the show. But uh, this list was sent to me, like I said, by Mike here, and it is the top five toughest Atlanta thrashers. Thrashers. I keep wanting to say trashers because of Danbury all the time. Thrashers. Okay. Yeah, I'm just clicking. I'm just clicking on this here. We'll get to it. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I, I don't. It's been a few episodes since I've done a list. So, um, all right. Here we go. Uh, Atlanta Thrasher hockey team. Uh, uh, yes, that played. Uh, began playing the 1999-2000 season. Went to 2010-2011 before moving to Winnipeg. Um, here are the five toughest players. We feel are the five toughest players in Atlanta history. Um, yeah, and this is from, again, uh, rem- remembering the Thrashers. So I don't know if this is a website or... I don't, I don't Like, again, this is just... They sent me the link, so I just kind of clicked on it. Um, well, and they've kind of put it in a word, so it doesn't really have... Okay. So yeah, it's it's written by uh, Jim Slater. J- no, James Slater. Pardon me. And it's a remembering the Thrashers, five toughest players in Atlanta Thrashers history. Okay, so let's get into it. We'll click on it here. And like I said, um, outside of just clicking on the link and everything, I don't know what the list is. So I'm discovering, like I always say, I'm discovering this with you guys. So uh, here we go. Number five. Boris Velebic. Oh, I remember that guy. Uh, the six foot seven Velebic was a first round pick in the 2004 draft. Uh, played parts of three seasons. Uh, won a few fights, lost a few fights, but is a large and imposing figure for the Thrashers after coming out of Kitchener of the Ontario Hockey League. Um, yeah, Velebic, he was a big dude, man. I remember he had a lot of hype in the Ontario League. Uh, you know, six foot seven. Um, I'm trying to think back. The only couple of really Vilebic fights that I could... I, again, folks, this, I'm discovering this with you, so it's not like I've gone back and I've had time to review his entire fight career or fight log. Um, off the top of my head, the only the two fights that I can remember, one was against Rick Rippon, and the reason I can remember that is just because of the size difference. And Rippon using that blocking technique that he had, and he kind of gave it to Vilebic at the end, which was just the visual of it. Was kind of funny because I, you know, whatever Rippin was, five foot ten or whatever. But uh, yeah, that one, and he, I think he had a pretty good fight with Sean Thornton, if I can remember. Um, 
other than that, I, I'm not quite sure. Like I said, I don't think he played a lot. Um, like, yeah, so, um, yeah, well, that's an, that's an interesting start. Um, all right, that, that's number five. Number four, Dustin Befuglin. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> played 81 games, had 93 minutes in penalty, played the one season, but it'll be a memorable one. Um, I, yeah. Buffon's an interesting character out of the fact that I think he played kind of forward and D. I mean, he was a big hitter, big guy. Uh, he had to be 6'4", 6'5", probably 250. Um, you know, um, might not have been in the greatest body-wise looking shape, but obviously he could play at an elite NHL level, was in the All-Star games. and um, from, from all accounts, an interesting character, definitely... Um, Probably didn't give a complete focus to hockey. Um, and I think he sort of walked away from the Jets. Just kind of like said, ah, fuck, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go hunt and fish. Um, and that was that. Um, again, I think people often... It's it's funny, when it comes to guys that like will play physical and hit, people just throw out this, oh, he's tough. And they just sort of like, okay... But he, before, that really was a fighter. Like, I would think he probably had about 20 or 30 career fights. Like, he was never a big fight guy. And I, I've seen a few of his fights in the Western League. He didn't really fight in junior. And when he did, he wasn't that good. Like, he was just sort of a big guy that would kind of grapple. And, you know, what? and I mean, obviously he was probably stronger than most of the guys he was fighting. So I think there was a lot of like kind of ragdolling type going on. But in terms of actual fisticuff ability, I don't, he, I, he kind of sucked. To be honest, um, I wouldn't have him anywhere near like a like. Again, it's I guess it's how are we wording this? Or it's or you can word it, but what is the meaning behind it? Like uh, it was the five five toughest Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, again, when we say toughness, are we just talking physical play? Like when I think of these lists, or when you tell me who oh, the five toughest guys, I in my mind I immediately go to the five best fighters. Who do I think are the five best fighters? That's who I think of. Again, toughness is sort of a broad term that we're using. Like, you know, somebody that plays through an injuries and stuff like that. Are they tough? Well, in the in the sense of the word, yes. But if we're using that word to describe fighting, that's that's how I'm kind of viewing it. So I guess I guess my my issue is more with the wording. Um, now, if the list was like, oh, the five best fighters in Atlanta Thrashers history. Now that I'm going back, what you know, what does it actually say? I keep. I've been saying that, but it's like, okay, hold on, let's scroll up here. Yeah, okay, it's it's the five toughest players in Atlanta Thrasher history. Pardon me if I said best fighters. I was just saying that because I was just saying that. But now that I read the thing, five toughest, okay. So, again, I guess, it's again, it's a broad sense of the word. Like, is he tough? Well, he played physical and wouldn't take... I mean, I'm sure if you punched him in the face a few times, obviously he would drop the gloves and fight. So, you know, it wasn't like he was a pussy and hiding from it, but it's, again, it wasn't like he was some big fighter. So, again, would I have him on this list if we're, uh, it's a fight list? No. Especially a guy that only played one year there in Atlanta. So, anyway. Uh, number three, Evander Kane, the number four overall pick in the 2009 draft, played two seasons in Atlanta, will be best known for knocking out Matt Cook. Yeah, that was the only time I was a fan of Evander Kane when he knocked out Matt Cook. I, I don't know. Do you think the NHL? I, do you think everybody in the NHL, all the fans, were cheering for a double knockout there? Um, yeah, that was, knockout was was vicious. Um, 
Yeah, I remember. Like I remember Kane when he played with the Giants. Uh, you know, good junior player, and he's a good NHL player. Kane's a great player. Problem is, is Kane can't shut up, and you know, obviously he's got locker room issues. How many teams for as good as he's been? How many teams has the guy been on? Um, you know, he's got off ice issues with the divorce and the bankruptcies and gambling issues and all that. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Um, uh, so, but I, I don't think anybody could ever question his talent on the ice. Um, you know, and I think he's a good pickup by the Oilers and, uh, and he'll help them out. And, uh, but yeah, a physical guy, power, power forward ish type again, doesn't really fight all that much. I mean, people, you know, talk like he fights 20 times a year and he doesn't really, but fights a few times, but, um, you know, he's not a bad fighter, um, for what he is. Um, you know, um, again, if we're talking the top five fighters in Atlanta history, how many, he played two seasons and he was a rookie and a second year, how many fights did he really get in? I, again, I don't know, but, um, couldn't have been many. So, cause he's never been a big volume fighter guy anyway. So I don't know Would I have him on a list like that. I mean, probably not, but you know, whatever. I mean, again, with a 10 year, I guess what were the thrash? What did I say? It was uh 99 to what? 2010. So basically the left, you know, they were around for a decade. So, I mean, you know, you know, it's not like, oh, it's the Flyers or the Bruins or the Montreal Canadiens that we're talking about when you got decades to choose from. I mean, you're talking about a 10-year period of guys. So, um, you know, obviously, you kind of, top five, it's kind of slim pickings, I guess. But um, would I have, Kane? well, I mean, I'd have him on here before Befuglin or even Valabic, really. Because, I mean, I don't know if Valabic even... I, I don't even know how many games he really played. I don't think he played. I think he might have played a little bit. I don't remember him being a big NHL regular. I would say, I would say he might have played a hundred eighty games, hundred games. I would think. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so we got Vlevic, Fuglin, Kane, number two, Jeff Audrey. Okay, Audrey. Well, there you go. There's. I was. I thought he actually be number one. Okay, there, there's who I would agree with. Jeff Audrey's played 800 career games, played his final three seasons with the Atlanta team, picking up 53 fights in those three seasons. Never one to back down. Uh, would always go to war for the team. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a fight fan and, and you don't like Jeff Audrey's, you, know, you go shut this up and fuck off. You know, like, uh, Audrey's is the man. I mean, undersized, went to war, toe-to-toe fighter, you know, you know, won, won some, lost some, probably lost more than he won. But, I mean, in terms of action, I mean, guy went for it despite the, like, I think he's, you know, 5'11", 6 feet maybe, you know, 200 pounds, never backed down, wide open. Um, like you said, 53 fights in three seasons, and that's at the end of his career. So, you know, he's in his mid-30s at that point. Um, yeah, I've, I've been a fan of Jeff Audrey since I ever saw him. Uh, he played in the Western League in the late 80s with Brandon. Of course, I remembered him from there. Very good player in junior, too. At 30, 30 goal scorer, um, you know, 300 minutes, 30 goals. I mean, he was the man in Brandon. And uh, then, he go, of course, he got picked up in the expansion Sharks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was I, I was a fan of the day he came on with the Sharks and the Teal, man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, if you're a fight fan, 
how do you not like Jeff Rogers? Seriously. And um, he was nice enough to come on my show, if anybody's listening, that you go back. And I've actually had him on twice. He, the first time he was on, we talked, obviously, about his career and timelined all that. He wrote some Brandon stories and the minors and Link Gates and all that stuff, and starting with San Jose. Um, you know, and we talked about Atlanta, of course. Um, and then I had him on again. We just talked about his five toughest opponents. So I'd encourage you to go back and check out those, uh, those interviews with Jeff. Um, but yeah, really nice guy. The whole family's nice. Had Dakota, had his son Dakota on who fought the exact same way in the Western League and wore number 36 with the Giants and Swiss Current. Um, nice kid too. And, uh, yeah, I had him on. He was fun to talk with. Fought just like his dad. Like I said, all rights, no, no lefts. Um, nice family. Um, yeah, it runs the farm, runs Audrey's farm out in Spy Hill, Saskatchewan, and uh, I'm down with Jeff Audrey's. And I, if you're a fight fan, yeah, I think yeah, I, I don't, I've never heard anybody not like Jeff Audrey's. We'll put it that way. Even on the old message board days, for all those bitter assholes that run there, I never, oh fuck Jeff, I never heard anybody say that. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm down with Jeff Audrey's. I, I would add him. So number one, Eric Bolton. Well, okay, Bolton number one. Yeah, there you go. Bolton and Rodgers would have been the two guys I would have had. Uh, Eric Bolton played 377. Really? Huh. I never would have thought that Eric Bolton played that many games in Atlanta. 377, had 639 penalty minutes. Uh, he had 68 fights with Atlanta. Yeah, so I mean, well, there you go. So, I mean, he was pretty much with 377 games. That would, you know, that's pretty much half of, you know, pretty much half of Atlanta's existence, I guess, Bolton was there. Um, I didn't actually realize, I, I mean, obviously I knew he was in Atlanta, but um, I never realized he played that many games with them. Huh. Um, yeah, I love Eric Bolton. Um, basically, it, he, he was Jeff Rogers, really. Um, kind of the same. He might have been, I think he was a little wider than Rogers. He would have been a little thicker, um, but fought the same way, toe-to-toe guy. Um, and... Uh, yeah, because it was funny. I always actually thought uh, when he came up with Buffalo, um, I I kind of really thought that he would have like they kind of would have got rid of Ray and kept Bolton and kind of went with the Bolton era is what I kind of thought they would have, which I thought Buffalo was going to do. Um, but yeah, he uh, huh, I'm still shocked at 377 games. I didn't think he played that many. Um, yeah, again, toe to toe guy. I mean, if you're a fight guy, I think he's another one of those guys. I think you have to sort of be a fan of. Uh, played a long time, you know, with Buffalo, Atlanta, uh, who else was he with? New Jersey. Then he kind of rounds it out with the Islanders. Didn't really play much with the Islanders, but I know they kept him around for a few years, even though he didn't really play much. He was there all year, you know, collecting NHL money, which, hey, good for him. Hey, if you don't have, you know, especially when you're in your late thirties, if you can collect NHL money and just sit and eat hot dogs in the press box, I mean, that's, I think it's a pretty good gig, really. Save your, after all the years of fighting, save your hands and, just add to the pension, man. It's like good for him. And, uh, but the, I think that speaks volumes of what kind of a locker room guy, glue guy that he was. And, uh, you know, anytime the team's going to keep you around like that in this day and age, you know, I'm sure he's probably, you know, making six, seven, eight hundred grand at that point. If they're going to keep you around for eight hundred grand, you play five whole games in a year. Um, but they, you know, you're there all the time that I think that you're more than just, the fourth line guy that fights. Um, you're obviously mean more than that. So, um, yeah, which says a lot. And, and actually I think going back to Jeff Rogers real quick. Um, I think even Dakota said that in his interview when he was talking about, about his dad, he just said, 
you know, he was one of those guys. That's probably what kept him in the league the last couple of years in Atlanta was he was a room guy. And, uh, you know, and like I said, I know that's the term that media and the, and the new age fans like to scoff at a room guy, <laughs> you know, cause you know, they've never played a fucking sport in their life and they don't get it. But, um, you need guys like that. That's how you win with guys like that. And, uh, and it says a lot that those guys would be around for that long. And, um, you know, so you, you can obviously tell what they bring. Um, far more than what statistics will show or what the nerds will show you with their calculators. Well, that's they bring what the calculators can't show, and that's why those people demean those guys because they can't they can't figure out a formula or a stat for them, so they must be useless. Which explains why hockey people and some people have a real issue with stat people because those guys aren't useless, and just because you can't figure out a stat or a little formula for them uh, doesn't make them dispensable. So, um, yeah, but, and Audrey's and Bolton were those, were those types of guys, right? There are no stats for what they brought. So, um, yeah, which makes them valuable and, and the calculator crew didn't like them. So, which probably makes them even more valuable. So, uh, yeah, there you go. The top five Atlanta Thrashers, uh, Bolton at one, Audrey's at two, Kane at three, Fuglin at four, and Boris and Balebic at five. So there you go. I never thought I would get an Atlanta Thrashers list. So thank you, Michael, again for sending that. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, guys, there we go, an hour and 20 minutes, Saturday night wrapped up, it's, uh, you know, almost 11 o'clock here, so, uh, I'm sure the wife upstairs is tired of listening to me yell through the floorboards, so, um, I will get out of here, um, yeah, guys, uh, follow me on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook, get out and vote for the Bob Probert Tournament, by the time I'm talking to you next, we'll be, we'll be done, I think, or the final might be happening on Wednesday, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to try to schedule an interview, hopefully to get somebody. I was supposed to have somebody this weekend, but uh, circumstances did not allow that to happen. They got uh, they got busy. So hoping to have someone for you on Wednesday. And uh, until then, enjoy the tournament. Stop whining, please. I know the people that listen to this show don't whine. It's the, it's the other folks. But uh, enjoy the tournament for what it is. And uh, get out there, vote create conversation, talk about some things. Vote after you're done voting, go into the into the thread and and explain why you voted that way. And I and I think uh like I said, we're creating conversation and uh and that's the point of the whole exercise. So, I hope you guys will do that. In the meantime, check out the YouTube channel, follow me on Facebook, Twitter. Um if you have any send me a private message if you have any questions or comments or bitches or complaints or positive things if you just want to drop me a line and say what's going on i'd love to hear from you if you're not on social media email me hockeyfights at hotmail.com love to hear from you and uh yeah guys that's it from here saturday night i'm gonna have uh have one more of these for the road and uh for the for the uploading that takes an hour and uh we'll talk to everybody on wednesday thanks guys And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 